Hey there, if you are ready to build your service-based business from scratch and ditch your nine to five, then I want you to head on over to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap and download my free ultimate leap checklist and starter kit. Again, you can head to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap to download my ultimate leap checklist and starter kit to get started on building your service-based business and ditching your nine to five. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Boleyn, your host, and it is time to do it your way. Well, let's get into today's episode, which is why you guys are tuning in. And I'm hanging out with Laura Casey, who is the creator of Power Sheets, which a lot of people, a lot of you guys might actually recognize and know Power Sheets, but she is also the founder of Southern Weddings Magazine and the author of Make It Happen and Cultivate. So in today's episode, I love, Laura takes us on her entire journey as an entrepreneur, where she started out at and how she has grown her business into exactly what it is today. And she's really big on setting goals that motivate us to take action. I don't know about you guys, but I know that I have set goals in the past. And then when I didn't achieve them, I was dumbfounded as to, okay, what is going on? Why can't I achieve this? Why does this keep happening to me? I set the same goals, but I'm still not achieving them. And she walks us through on how to set goals that really truly motivate you from an emotional stance to take action on those goals. We talk about the importance of being focused. And we also dive into her mental process and how she gets herself to be in the correct mindset and her process on just trusting her faith. And I love that she shares all of that information with us because mindset is so important, especially as a business owner and as we go throughout our life. And I always say that entrepreneurship is 85% mental and 15% mechanics. So, and then the last thing that I'll say is an insight. And I love this piece. It's actually probably one of my favorite parts about this interview is that she says, it's okay to grow slow. And in a world where it's now hustle mentality of go, 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 do, do, do. And if I'm not growing, but my peer is and what's wrong and how come I'm stuck or why is it not happening fast enough? She, it's just so nice. Like she gives permission to say it is okay to grow slow. So you're going to hear about her story on growing slow and the benefits of it as well. So without further ado, let's welcome Lara Casey to the show. All right, you guys, I'm hanging out with Laura Casey in the house. I'm so excited that she's on the She Did It Her Way podcast. If you guys aren't familiar what her business is and what she does, I'm going to let her describe that. So take it away. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. Hi, everybody. Hello. You guys, I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I'm Laura. I have three awesome kids who keep me busy, um, but I'm also the CEO of a company called Cultivate What Matters, and we help women to uncover intentional goals make an action plan and live them out. Yes. I. Who doesn't love getting stuff done, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all about that and finding a system that works. Now, this is not what you've been doing your whole life. So I would love for you to high level, take us on a little bit of journey of what life looked like before you started and where you're at today. Yes. Well, you guys have to buckle your seatbelts because it's quite a journey. <laughs> I love hearing everyone's journeys because their own, every, everyone's so different. Yes. Everybody's so different. And 
my journey is very um, non-traditional. So I have a degree in music and theater, not in business, although I feel like I've gotten my degree over the last um, little over a decade. And I, I started in music and theater. I ended up becoming a personal trainer after college because I just really wanted to work one-on-one with people to help transform them. And um, it was a time when I learned basic skills on how to listen to someone's motivation and how to draw out from them what really matters to them and how to motivate them. Um, Because people would come to me with goals like, you know, I really just want to lose 10 pounds because that's the weight I was in college. And it was during that time that I learned how to help people uncover goals that actually motivate them. Mm. So instead of I want to lose 10 pounds because that's what I weighed in college, which is very self-defeating and not very motivating at all when it comes down to it. We would work on goals like this. I want to live long enough to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. Mm -hmm. And that type of goal, that motivates people. I mean, even if you you wake up one day and you mess up or like you don't exercise, whatever it is, you're going to keep going because that big picture vision matters so much to you and it drives you forward. So fast forward, I was a personal trainer for several years and then ended up meeting my husband, Ari, at the gym. He asked me for workout advice. Um, sure, really, that's how that happened. On me. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but he asked me for workout advice and we have a whole other story about how we have a very fast courtship. We got married five months later in Las Vegas and um, we eloped and um, this is during the height of the Iraq war. So it was actually a, a very common thing for couples to have a legal marriage before any impending deployment might happen. Sure. Then maybe they'd have like a real wedding later on. But the only way you would know any info about your significant other is if you were married. So we knew we were going to get married at some point. It was pretty fast, but we got married. And um, he did end up becoming, he went um, on a deployment to Iraq with the Marines about one year into our marriage. And during that time, um, we were living in California at the time. I had been working for some event planners there. I'd also gotten into event planning, not just personal (laughs) training. Um, And um, I ended up moving back to Florida where my parents were living because I didn't want to, you know, be by myself during that time when he was deployed. Totally. And um, it was during that time that I just got really worried for him. I would stay up late at night and I just felt like, oh man, I just need a project to keep my mind occupied off of bomb threats. And so um, I kind of dabbled in like, graphic design, if you can call it that, (laughs) you know, like Microsoft publisher on my laptop, that type of thing. Oh my gosh. I love Um, it. And so I had had this interest in, and I promise all this connects. It's going to seem very disconnected until I get to this next point. I'm loving this story. I'm like all ears. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I want to know what's coming next. Yep. Um, So you, you may think that these things are disconnected, but what it really came down to at that moment in my life is I I wanted to create a wedding magazine and I just wanted some space for um, me to be able to tell unique love stories of people. And so to bring this all together, when I was in theater, what I learned was how to find someone's motivation and then use the gift and the art of theater to display that on stage and to act that out. And it was the same in personal training. I was tasked with uncovering someone's motivation. And then for me in personal training was then helping them to live that unique story out. 
And theater also is really about storytelling. It's about taking the elements of light, of music, of sound, um, your body, all of it together to tell someone's story. And really, it's the exact same thing in weddings. That's kind of why I love both of those things. It's like a, a production where you can use the gifts of sound, of light, of music, of a menu um, to the tell someone. A main character, exactly, <laughs> to tell someone's unique love story. And so for me, all of these things kind of mash together one day into, wow, wouldn't it be crazy if I had a, a magazine? Like, I don't have any experience in this. I just have like tiny little bits of experience with like Microsoft Publisher, which is nothing. Um, but I tell you what I did have. I didn't have formal experience, but I did have a lot of passion. And um, I had a desire that got me through the many times that I failed and the many times that I didn't know what I was doing. And so I did mock up a wedding magazine cover late one night. And um, that snowballed into starting the Southern Weddings blog. Twelve years ago, and snowballed into me asking a lot of big questions of people, like, "Hey, circulation agent, would you ever consider putting our magazine on newsstands?" And I learned that the truth that you're not going to get anything unless you ask. Mm -hmm. You have to take the risk and just ask. You just never know. So I asked a lot of dumb questions, <laughs> and I asked a lot of big questions, and those things led to open doors. Well, and so then, can, I, yeah. can I ask you a really quick question too? Yeah. So just even in that instant, you're like, okay, I'm going to ask. And if I don't, I don't get yep. what I don't ask for. Most people, not all, but you know, there's that imposter syndrome or there's that fear and that doubt that crept in. Yep. A, did you experience that? And B, how did you dance with the fear? Because you obviously had this way of getting past that mindset and you're like, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to ask. So what did that look like? Well, you have to weigh the risk versus the regret. So I what? feel like I've done that for a long time. Just thought to myself, what would happen if I don't ask this question? It's not even about like, what would happen if I do, but what would happen if I don't? Like, am I going to regret the fact that I didn't just at least ask the question? And to me, the pain of staying the same became greater than the pain of change. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in that moment, like maybe you're facing a big decision. Like for me, I, I am like pour myself out in prayer and I just ask like, God, please help me figure the situation out. But eventually I have to take a leap of faith. And that's why it's called a leap of faith, not like a hop or a skip or a jump, <laughs> you know, it's a leap. And I wrote about this in my first book, make it happen that you, you many times in your life, you're going to come up with these things where you're going to have to build your wings on the way down in those leaps. You may not feel like you're equipped. And I certainly did not at all feel equipped. I mean, guys, I, I have a degree in music theater, right? So um, yeah, I didn't feel equipped, but it was about the risk versus the regret. And when I looked at the possible positive possibilities that would come out of me, even just asking that question, that drove me forward. Okay, now that I completely derailed you, but I wanted to get that in there because I'm like, okay, what's different? How, she yep, must be looking exactly. at this completely different. So you started, you have Southern Weddings. Yes. And then what? Yeah, that's a good question. And then what? <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, so this was back in the time, I mean, it really like 
chronologically was not that long ago. We're talking like a little bit over 10 or 11 years ago, but this is back in the time when no one really had blogs. Like if you said the word blog to someone, they might think of the movie, The Blob, like back in my generation in the day. Um, but, but really there was like maybe like four or five people that had blogs at the time way back then. It was Stanley Me Pretty. It was me. It was like a couple other wedding-ish blogs. There was one called um, Faye and Greer, which I don't even know if that's still on the internet anywhere, but, um, but it was this time when, when we were just kind of like pioneering this. And as Southern Weddings started to gain traction and started to grow during a time when it was only large corporations that were making publications, or it was like your small mom and pop local magazines, there was nothing in between. And suddenly we kind of pushed ourselves out into this space where there was nobody swimming in there. Um, a lot of people started asking me for business advice, which is so mm, funny to think I back on. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry to anybody that ever got advice from me. Um, but I, I did <laughs> learn a lot. I mean, it did have something to give, but business advice, I don't know. But people did want to know, like, how did you, much like you just asked me, how did you go from one place to the other? How did you take a leap of faith? Um, I certainly wasn't perfect at any of this, but I do look back and think, man, I had a lot of gumption back then. Yeah. Um, and it was in that that um, a friend of mine noticed that I was doing a lot of phone calls for people, just like giving them advice on how to like start their own thing. And he said, you need to just take this on the road. Like, why, why are you doing this just one-to-one? If you wanted to just do this for a larger audience. And he encouraged me to make it into a workshop. And that turned into the Making Things Happen Intensive is what it was called at the time, mm-hmm. which was a workshop that I created to teach these principles to people across the country. And we did... It was like a 13 city tour to begin with. Oh, that's so awesome. It was fun. I mean, it was really fun. It was like we were just out doing stuff that no one was really doing. And then um, I, I did many things happen for several years and started to blog about this process. And there was one blog post I wrote that's still on my blog, and it's called How to Make Things Happen, Volume 1. And I just started to write openly about how I thought about making things happen, but also how my faith, which was very fledgling at the time, intersected with that. And it was very vulnerable for me at the time because like I said, man, I had like no idea what I was doing. It was very scared to write about faith in an open space too when I Mm -hmm. felt like my faith was so small. Um, But I did and that blog post got over 100 comments in the first 24 hours. Wow. that started something. And that just was kind of like a nudge for me to say, all right, well, maybe, maybe there's something to this. So fast forward is I, um, I started to need some way to stay organized. I was doing Southern weddings. I was doing this workshop. I was speaking at conferences. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff Yeah, and <laughs> um, traveling. And um, I think we were about to have a baby and I just thought to myself, man, I have a lot of things going on and I want to make sure that I am tending to the right things. Mm. And it was in this time that, which is a whole nother story. Like my husband Ari and I have gone through a really like night and day transformation in our marriage. In the first few years of our marriage, we were like two ships passing in the night and then God really got a hold of us and changed us. And that's actually where and why the heart of my business has changed too. And so it was during this time I said, I need a way to tend to the right thing. So I created what I called a tending list. And it was just a list of like priorities. Like I want to make sure that when I end this year, 
I have grown these things. I've taken action on these things. Everything from like, you know, my Facebook page to spending time in the Bible, whatever it was. And um, that ended up becoming a set of worksheets that I made for myself to, to make sure that I was living out my priorities. And wh- that turned into what's now called the power sheets, which mm-hmm. is our goal planner. So I originally made it for myself because I had a million things going on and I didn't want to do all the things. I wanted to do the right things. Um, and it was in this time, in this process of creating the power sheets for myself, in this time of my marriage being changed, that um, we stopped teaching people to do big things and instead started teaching them to do the right things. And that's where the heart of um, our new company, Cultivate What Matters, came from. Um, that's when I, I um, started to write more and I started to write my first book, Make It Happen. So all of that came out of this season of change. Wow. I mean, I love just the beautiful story of how it, like all these bits and pieces of your life really have, they've like sewn together to mm-hmm. make it where it's at today. And it's just an amazing thing how when you get those nudges to take that next step towards yep. that that next thing. I I love it. Would um like looking back, you know, as a business owner, what are what's something that you wish you would have invested in sooner in your business? Mm, that is a really good question. Um I, I think that I mean I'm I don't regret the path here because I feel like I've learned so much more from my mistakes than my successes. But I most definitely think being surrounded by people who are going to where you want to go and having um, some outlet for education in business, to me, like traditional business has taught me a lot. And when I say traditional business, business, like tactically speaking, I'm a part of a group of CEOs that meet together once a month. Um, and I just started that about a year and a half ago. And, and just having that roundtable discussion with other people that are like in it with me is so incredibly valuable, not just people who are in my industry, but people who are out of my industry that are trying to do business well, trying to love people well. Um, I wish I would have had those opportunities back then. You know, there's so many conferences nowadays. There's so many outlets for education. But I just think the most important thing is to surround yourself with people who are wise, who are doing good business, um, and that you can learn from and also give back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when you had mentioned that the story of, I think it was, it's just this person that's driving down, down the road and they didn't want to hit something, but they ended up hitting it. And the whole moral of the story is, is that you can't look where you don't want to go. You have to look mm. where you, you want to go. Isn't that so true? <laughs> yes. So many things like to distract us. And I think that's probably a, a, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is the shiny object syndrome. Like lots of people talk about that, mm-hmm. but especially when you're getting started, especially when you're just like needing some stability and you're just trying your best to have consistency in your income or any income at all, really in the beginning. Um, I think it's easy to just go where the wind leads you instead of staying on your unique path and owning the truth that it's okay to grow slow. And, um, 
that you were, you are given, you have been given unique gifts and talents that when you take away those distractions, like the shiny objects and all the things on the road that are trying to get you to go a different direction, um, it's really easy to hear them. It really is. But we just have so many outside influences, not just social media, but, you know, comparison or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But if we just stay in our lane and stay focused on what really matters in the big picture, um, really good content comes out of that. Yeah, I know that um, it's okay to grow slow is one of the things that you recommend just in general. And it's one of the best pieces of advice is advice that you've ever received. Is there was there a time in your experience where maybe you felt like you grew too fast? And so that was a lesson? Or how did it come to be that that was your your best advice? Yeah, it did come out of times where we grew too fast. And it wasn't by accident that we grew too fast. It was, you know, when you're not just when you're starting out, but I think just in general, our culture's heartbeat is grow fast, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like get 1500 Pinterest followers tomorrow and grow your (laughs) newsletter list. I just can't stand that stuff. And there's nothing like inherently wrong about it. Um, You know, I think having these quote unquote platforms or numbers, whatever can be an extremely positive thing when you're stewarding that well. But the focus on overnight growth is not sustainable. And there is, I mean, there's like statistics about lottery winners, for instance, where Mm. the majority of lottery winners end up going bankrupt in their first year because they're not prepared to handle that money. They're not prepared to to use it well. Um, And that's the same thing with all of life, all of business, is that good things grow slow for a reason. So for instance, you know, the, we have a, a peach tree that's out in my garden right now that has a, an amazing amount of beautiful fruit on it, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but those peaches didn't grow overnight. You know, I didn't just snap my fingers and say, let me just give it this quick fertilizer, dump a bucket of water on it and be done with it. Right. Um, it took a lot of careful attending. I mean, I've been out there every day looking at that tree, examining the tree, fertilizing it carefully, pruning it carefully. And that's the lesson I learned in my path to in business is that um, you may want all the things overnight, but do you really want all the things overnight? Or would you rather have slow rooted growth that gives you the confidence along the way to handle it well? Yeah, I that is so perfectly said because it just didn't. It's so easy to want things, or you know, if you're right. li- if you're listening and you want to quit your job and start your business, and sometimes you want it so bad, but it there's definitely value in taking things slow and making sure that you have things that are ready and in the appropriate place and um, mm-hmm. being able to receive it the time that it comes. So to piggyback on that too, you know, when you like the three actual things that you recommend to business owners, one of them is to choose to grow slowly. And part of that is to not start in debt. So I would love for you to expand on the other two and then also the not starting in debt piece. Yeah. So as far as, you know, there's a difference between growing slowly and wisely and growing slow because you have a lot of fear, (laughs) you know? Um, I think that we can be held back by fear. We can be held back by all kinds of stuff that's standing in our way. That's different than choosing intentionally to grow slow. I'll give you an example of this. So there, um, one of our main products, which is the Write the Word Bible Journal, we had, we have now this brand new collection of journals. It's called our All Seasons Collection, which means that it's five different journals in one collection. And so, as you can imagine, if you kind of do the numbers, ordering 
a collection of five journals costs a lot of money for us as opposed to just releasing one journal at a time. And so there was a time several years ago where we wanted, we had all the products ready. We wanted to order all these things, but then when we crunched the numbers and looked at our cash flow, we said, oh, we know these things would help people so much, but we need to be wise. Mm. We need to be smart. Um, we're a debt-free company, which means that I have made the sacrifice of investing like all of my initial earnings into the business to get it going. And I'm so grateful I did that instead of using borrowed money. Um, and we did eventually launch that collection of write the word journals and the timing was so good. We were so ready for it when it came and we definitely wouldn't have been the year before. So, um, so yeah, that's the number one thing I recommend is to choose intentionally. When I say to grow slow, it doesn't mean you're not going to be effective. It means that you're choosing to grow intentionally. Mm. Um, and then I can't remember what else I recommended to you. <laughs> well, you talked about it before too. Learn from the people who are doing it well yeah. and don't invite comparison, which yes. I, you know, Tony Robbins talks about the modeling piece. Find someone who's already doing what you're doing and being successful at it and then go and attempt to learn from them or see what they're doing to where yep. you don't have to spend time reinventing the wheel or trying to reinvent or create a process on your own. Like they're successful for a reason and mm -hmm. find the model that fits it. Yeah, I, I think that's, it's really good advice. And there's a fine line there too, on along the comparison line is that yeah. um, those two things go hand in hand. So I think it's very healthy to look to other people that are doing it well. Um, I mean, how else would you learn how to do any of this stuff? And, <laughs> and the, besides right. the fact that even the people that are doing it well, they learned it from somebody else too. So um, I think it's very healthy to look to other people for the core principles of maybe integrity in business or how they're running a team or, you know, how they're modeling out their business. But then you get the freedom at that point. If you're looking to other people for the foundational elements, that's where you get the freedom to be creative. And that's where you get to X comparison out of the picture. Because if you're, if you have a strong foundation, you can you know, use your unique gifts and never have to think, oh, I'm copying so-and-so or that person's doing this or whatever it is. You don't have the opportunity to compare yourself to others if you're really using your unique gifts. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some practical ways to do this too. Um, for me, I have like boundaries on social media. Like I just don't follow people that I'm tempted to compare myself to. Um, yeah. there's no, no need for that, you know? Um, and I, I don't use social media on the weekends. Like I really just try to make sure I'm listening for me in my faith to God's voice and not the rest of the world. Um, because I don't want to compare myself to the world. I really want to keep my focus where it needs to be. And then as far as learning from other people and finding that foundation, I mean, go to conferences, um, go in and listen to those people, share their stories, or there's great um, inexpensive resources for this too. You can read people's books. You can read their yes. blogs. You know, like reading someone's book, they have spent, I can guarantee you from my experience, they've spent countless hours mm -hmm. getting those points correct for you. So there's great value in, you know, spending $15 on a book and listening, like quote unquote, listening to that person for, you know, however long it takes to read a book, five hours. Yeah. That's invaluable wisdom that um, you can take away from that. And it's so inexpensive. And, and if yes. you take what... Um, 
authors give you in the book and actually take time and get a journal and go through the processes, even though it's not a workbook per se, you can get so much value out of just the book alone, Mm -hmm. um, taking yourself through that. I know you said, and then the third one you said was uh, KPIs. So I'd love, you know, share with us your thought process on how deciding what KPIs you want to measure. And then leading into that, another question that I did have is, you know, how does someone know if they're setting the right goals? That's a good question. Um, so KPIs is key performance indicators. And that's a really fancy way of saying <laughs> what are the things that you have defined in your business that um, influence your profit or influence whatever it is you're trying to grow. Um, so, and, and they're very, this is where like my lack of knowledge about this turned into, I feel like I have a great knowledge of this, just blew my mind. So if you would have asked me this before, like two years ago, and I had no idea what KPIs were or what they meant, I would have said, there's no way to predict this. There's absolutely no way (laughs) to predict like, and there isn't, it's true. It's all in God's hands. But I have since learned that if you have a handle on these um, indicating factors that that directly lead to profit. You can see these facts. If you just, even if you're a sole business owner and it's just you and your cat, you can see these facts. <laughs> um, so if ours are our newsletter subscriber number. Um, how many people are on our newsletter list? We, we also um, correlate that to our um, conversion rate. So newsletter list numbers, how many people are on that main list? Um, Our conversion rate for us relates to our shop, our e-commerce shop. So how many people come to the website and then how many people end up converting into a sale there? Um, We have our sessions on our site. So the more people we can get to our website, and this sounds like basic stuff, but when you really get down to the nitty gritty, it's fascinating to watch how all of these play together. So the more people we can get onto my website and our shop website, we know that, you know, a certain percentage of those are going to convert into sales. And so we have actually some way of predicting um, based on past trends how um, our sales will grow there. So that may all sound like, you know, like crazy business. (laughs) And I I don't know where you are in your business as you're listening to this. Um, But even if you just identify one or two factors that um, you have noticed um, relate to sales for you, maybe it's the number of leads you get for something or whatever it is, just do a quick Google search and you'll find a lot of info on this. That's extremely important. Um, and as far as the goals go, how do people know if their goals are the right goals? Um, I think there's two ways to answer this. So stop me if I do this wrong. No, no, <laughs> keep going. Um, one would be your personal goals. And so for me, this is like, man, this is the heartbeat of what I do is helping women to uncover meaningful goals. And that means goals that are connected to where you want to be when you're 80 years old. So if you ask yourself just that question, Ask yourself, where do I want to be when I'm 80 years old? What's going to matter to me then? And what's not going to matter to me then? And then what am I doing about it today? (laughs) That's where you know, you start to see the disconnect between some of your goals. So maybe, just throwing this example out there, but maybe one of your big picture goals and what I hear from the majority of women that I've asked this over the last 10 years is their big picture, where they want to be when they're 80 has to do with relationships. I want to, you know, have great relationships with my kids or make sure I've made an impact or leave a legacy is typically what people say. Um, 
And maybe you have a goal today that's on that big old to-do list of yours that says, grow my newsletter list to, you know, 4,000 or whatever it is. That's fine. You know, like that's good. But that goal has to have a why behind it that also connects to your big picture. So that, you know, newsletter gain goal is on your list, but it does not have any connection to it. You should cross it off your list. Or you can change that goal and say, the reason I want to have X number of people on this newsletter list is so that I can focus on what we call the profit of people, which is affecting these people's lives in order to leave a legacy, which is where I want to be when I'm 80 years old. Mm -hmm. That's motivating. That is like so motivating. But if these things are disconnected, people like wake up and they wonder, why am I not motivated to do this stuff on my to-do list today? Yeah. And emotion Um, feels so much, it just feels, it fuels us. And so if you don't have that emotion or that drive behind it, it's definitely hard to, to be motivated. Oh, totally. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, Is that our emotions and our brains, the things we believe about a task on our list, they will absolutely influence our behavior about them. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the the way that you know if a goal is right or not, and I guess it's really whether it's business or personal, is (laughs) is it connected to the big picture? Like, is it going to help you to get to where you want to be when you're 80 years old? And if not, consider crossing it off your list or consider changing the goal so that it is related to that. Yeah, no, that's such a such a great piece of advice. I would also love it. Like, where have you grown the most in your business? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like laughing so much about this question. I know you made a big decision lately. So <laughs> much growth has happened. Like, I, I mean, I'm sitting here right now, man. I'm like, how am I talking about any of this? <laughs> I, I, it still dumbfounds me that I am a business person in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So where have I grown the most? You mentioned, you know, we've just made a big decision. I think we've grown the most in doing exactly what we teach other people to do, which is to cultivate what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that means making difficult decisions along the way, um, decisions to let even good things grow, good things go so that others can grow. Um, so I think it's the saying no to one thing in order to say yes to something better. I mean, I'm facing that stuff even today. These are not lessons that I've learned and then I'm done with them. How do you then, um, how do you determine what, so for example, with the recent decision to retire Southern Weddings, what, Mm -hmm. what inspired that decision and how did you, was there some, not a system, but like a, here are the pros, here are the cons. Mm -hmm. How did you go about making that decision? Yes. So we recently retired the Southern Weddings brand after 10 years. And um, I mean, when I tell people the story, they look at me and they're like, I don't understand Laura. And we knew that, like we knew that coming into this, we had a very successful business, Southern Weddings, very profitable profitable and making great impact, doing great work, changing women's lives, changing marriages. Um, so when we, we announced it um, recently, people were extremely supportive, but just sad. They were like, why are you doing this? And I, I wrote a long post on my blog that details a lot more than what I'm about to say. But um, the, the way that we made that decision was because of necessity. So we've had Southern Weddings growing and then we've had Cultivate What Matters growing at the same time. We're a small team of um, nine women, 10 women now. 
And, um, you know, you can't do it all and do it well. And we started to feel the tension of, I wonder what it would be like if we just had one business. Mm. Like, I wonder what type of impact we could make if we just had one. And so we, over the course of, I mean, it's been almost two years now that we have been actively, that we were actively wrestling with that. And so you mentioned, you know, pro and con list. Yes, there were lots of those. (laughs) Um, but I think what it came down to the filter for me is just continuing to pray about it. And, and I mean, I just came to the point where I'm like, I'm looking at these pro and con lists. None of this really makes sense, right. but it's not making I the decision know, for you. No, it's not making the decision for me, but I know the fact that I cannot do it all and do it well. I know this from experience. So sometimes you just have to make a decision and it's like pruning things in my garden. Um, that peach tree I mentioned, like about six weeks before it started to make fruit and like really start to flesh itself out. Um, I had to do a major pruning on it and you have to cut things off in order for a tree to become more fruitful in order for that fruit to really get sweet. It can't grow all the fruit. And it was such a beautiful parallel at the time to why we decided to let go of Southern weddings. Um, and it's bittersweet, you know, it's hard to let go of something that on paper is doing really well, but, um, we're very grateful for that decision now. And now we feel like we've got a fresh start and, um, we're able to devote all of our energy into this one thing. And we believe that we will have an even greater impact with this. Yeah. I love that analogy. And, and one of the things that you did too, when you said, when you guys were asking the questions of, you know, what would it look like if it was just one company where I think sometimes when we go into decisions or I'm thinking if, if someone's out there listening and considering leaving their job or any sort of tough decision, we oftentimes default to the scarcity or what we're going to miss out versus what we can gain from the experience, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. So I love how you, you guys framed it in a way to say, what would it look like if we did one business versus, well, what would be the outcome if you know, we decided to go, go from a scarcity lens of that. So Man, super subtle, I mean, but so good. so impactful. And the parallel mm-hmm. example you gave was awesome. Um, I know we're kind of, we're coming to the wrap up piece of it. And there's some things that I do want to hit on here as well as I know you do, you practice a lot and put your trust in God. Um, is there a mental process you take yourself through to get comfortable with trusting God? Or has it just been one of those things that you've now, this is, you're like, okay, we're doing this. I've been here before. That's what's up. <laughs> That's a really good question. I love that you asked that because no, it never feels comfortable. <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, it's, it's like almost anything in your life is, whether it's, you know, uh, your faith and you're trying to trust God with something or you're just learning how to use a camera for the first time or whatever it is, it's this little by little Um, you will gain confidence little by little you um, for me it's little by little seeing God's faithfulness and I look back on my life and they get all teary-eyed here and I I look back at the story that I shared with you at the beginning of just like where I've come from and it just blows my mind and I think that's um, that's what gives me a reason to continue to trust is because I also stop and I remember I remember the mistakes that led me here. I remember the, um, you know, the 
the like dumb questions I used to ask and how I don't ask those things anymore. <laughs> I have more dumb questions that I'm moving on to. Um, but I, I remember his faithfulness. I remember how he changed my husband's heart and our marriage came back together. I remember how he helped me to write a book in the middle of uh, a really difficult season of adoption and having a newborn at the same time. And so I come up to, I mean, just last week there was something and I can sit here and go back in my mind and think about those things that have happened in the past. And I think, well, God has never failed me. Never. I have definitely not always gotten my way, but in the end, it has always worked out um, for the good of everybody else. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's always uncomfortable. It's always <laughs> difficult to either try something new or like try to trust God or whatever it is. Um, but Little by little by little, you gain confidence, you gain trust, you gain footing, and those roots start to dig deep down into the soil, and you start to feel like you're on solid ground. Mm -hmm. It's almost, I mean, trusting in God or trusting in, I know there's a, um, a lot of different, what would we say, like religions or how people view God, but even just the act of trusting in whatever that might be for different people is such a skill set in and of itself to trust something that's beyond your control. <laughs> mm, that's true. I want to have control, but I know I don't have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And you're like, no. So, oh my gosh, this has been amazing. We are, we're coming up to rapid fire round. So these are meant to be quick and fast questions. So whatever comes to mind first, just go ahead and say it. <laughs> are you Great. ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. What is something in your life that is a non-negotiable? Mm, God. <laughs> mm -hmm. What is the one thing where you get the most inspiration from? My kids. What do you believe others think is insane? God. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a quote you live by? Um, if you're not excited about it, nobody's going to be excited about it. It's so true. You have to transfer the emotion in the state. Um, best $100 or less purchase one can make in their business. Mm, definitely um, getting a system like Asana. Oh. which is our project management system. I can't recommend it enough. Yes. So, so good. And then the last one is what is your favorite book that you've read? Um, for business is Traction. Mm, I've heard that one before. I've heard it's really, really good. Yeah, sorry, I didn't know you were going to say more. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you're fine. Sometimes it, we, because we're in audio and not video, it, it's it's always fun. It's like a dance doing interviews. Yes, but yes, it's an excellent book. So good. Yay. We just started implementing traction about um, a year and a half ago, and it's totally changed the way we work. Ooh, yeah, I'll have to. I think like oh my gosh, over a year ago we had someone that had recommended traction as well too. So definitely, I mean, it's come up more than once. So it's, it's a good. book worth investigating in. So, oh, Laura, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Would you share with my listeners where they can find out more information about you and all of the good stuff that you are creating for the world? Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, you can find me at laracasey.com or at cultivatewhatmatters.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. You guys will have everything in the show notes so you can click straight from there. And thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out SheDidItHerWay.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.